Hey, y'all. What up, y'all? And welcome to the Birth Squad podcast. If you've been riding with the squad. Hey, fam. And if you're new. Welcome to the squad. We're your hosts, Dr. Ijama Kwandu and Dr. Kamisha Thomas, two licensed obstetricians and gynecologists, as well as best friends. We use real stories to educate about pregnancy, birth experiences, reproductive health, and all things in between. And while we hope you love learning about our podcast, it is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider for your specific care. So to learn more about us and for more information, please visit our Instagram at the birth squad and our Twitter at underscore the birth squad. Please keep in mind that the following episode may cover topics that could be triggering to some individuals. Listener discretion is advised. Meet Sierra, aka Cece. She's the next badass birth warrior who will share her story to help the squad navigate through the complex and inspiring journey of pregnancy, labor, birth, and motherhood. Get ready, y'all, because this week we are talking about delivery at a birth center and how Sierra mentally prepared and centered herself in preparation for her experience. During the interview, you may notice that there's some medical terms or jargon, but don't worry, as usual, we got you. We have included definitions and explanations in the episode description of the podcast. So please listen up and enjoy her story. Well, welcome, Cece. Hey, hey. <laughs> what's up? What's up? Uh, we're so thankful that you could join us. So we're going to start out um, by having you kind of just tell us about yourself. I'm Sierra. I'm 34 and I have a nine-month-old boy. His name is Lux. Cutie, cutie Lux. <laughs> and Lux's father, Lance. Yeah, yeah. So it's us three. How did you get on this path towards motherhood? So I would say I always knew that I wanted to be a mom. Like that was something that I just always wanted to be. Um, I was always great with kids. This actually, Lex was an unplanned pregnancy. Like was feeling a little weird, like nauseous. And my stomach was feeling weird. But it was just like discomfort. Mm -hmm. And and also like a little bit of fatigue. And so then I had to tell the health appointment first because it was also like in the beginning of like the pandemic and so yeah come on in we're gonna take some tests um and then they did an ultrasound they're like yep there's something in there and uh you're six weeks yeah it was a surprise to us that's how motherhood began yeah so when you found out you were pregnant what were your goals there wasn't any immediate goals I was just immediately scared and a little bit stressed out because we had planned to move like I think the the pandemic lockdown in, in California was around like March 19th and then find out that we're pregnant um, a month later um, was kind of like uh whoa so so I think my first thing was thinking about is like safety at that time had you established care with a doctor I did see an OB that was a interesting experience because that appointment probably lasted 10 minutes so just like kind of short and it just felt like very rushed yeah I'm about to do the cervical exam that was it so I'm, I she set the tone she set the standard she set the bar for okay this is how this is going to be one of my really good friends 
he told me that him and his wife, this was their third child and that they had a home birth. And it was like the best experience out of just all three of the childbirths. It was like the best experience ever. He suggested that we watch uh, the business of being born. He's like, y'all should watch this movie and make sure y'all watch it together. So I think we watched it that day. And that's the moment that I realized that I don't think I, I don't I don't want a hospital birth. And I remember telling the OB that I wanted or out of hospital birth. And she was like, what? Like she was like very discouraging. It's like for your first baby. And she kind of made it seem like it was unsafe, but without like giving an, an explanation. You can't like unhear that, right? And so it was definitely like a thought in my in my 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 mind, like, okay, well. But I also feel like at the time I should have kind of asked more questions. Okay, hold up. This is a really hot topic right now. Home birth versus birthing center versus hospital. If you've looked at the media lately, you kind of noticed that the hospital is kind of painted as a place that can't be trusted. So a lot of women are really choosing to deliver at home or a birthing center. But let me say that each of those three options are a valid choice. Some places may be better than others, depending on the individual patient and especially looking at their medical history and any complications that are going on in the pregnancy. I agree, Jama. Where you deliver or even how you deliver is not a one-size-fits-all situation, y'all. Ijama and I both practice at a hospital, but we know people who have had a home birth or even delivered in a birthing center. It's why we wanted to touch on this topic, because at the end of the day, it is a complex decision. We're not here to tell you that a hospital delivery is the only option, because we understand the issues involved with increased maternal morbidity and mortality in the Black community. What we are here to tell you is to arm yourself with knowledge. So let's dive back into Sierra's story because she is going to give us some context on why, how, and who is a good candidate for a birthing center. And what was it in the documentary that really spoke to you so much initially? I think it was just a lot of like the statistics that they dropped, like um, less than 8% of OBs in the, U- in the U.S. actually attend births. Um, that OBs are trained for surgery. A lot of nurses and OBs haven't really seen births without any uh, interventions. The newborn death rate was like second worst in all of the developing worlds. And just also like back in the day, like in the 1900s, 90, 90, 95% of births were at home. Um, and that number changed. It dropped to 50% around 1930s, late 1930s. Now that the number of like home births is nearly 1%. That was interesting. Um, and then just like the rise of C-sections, right? And it was like in the 1970s, it went from like 4% to 23% in like a thick in a decade. And that, you know, that's actually like a really major surgery. And so I never had surgery before and I don't want to have surgery, you know, if I don't have to have surgery. Um, so it was like those things that that really stood out to me that kind of helped me make the decision that I should look for or consider other options outside of a hospital, um, as well as, you know, hearing about, you know, just things. I think lately Black maternity 
health is is um, a pretty big topic these days, and it's kind of hearing about those disparities also played a part in in that decision. We touched on the issue of disparities in Black maternal health a little, but this is a huge deal. A large part of addressing this issue starts with recognizing and acknowledging our shortcomings as providers. Unfortunately, we're human and we're not free from learned biases. As hard as individuals and the larger healthcare system try not to let it affect how care is delivered, a ton of work is still needed to be done in this area of medicine. If you're interested in learning more, we'll include some links to literature about this topic. Now let's talk about what Sierra mentioned regarding who is actually present during your labor and delivery experience. Basically, if you deliver at a hospital, you will have a assigned nurse who is there to take care of you. This is the person that's going to be in your room the most. They'll be updating the team about any needs or concerns you may have. When it's actually time to deliver, the doctor or the midwife will actually be there for the actual delivery. Exactly. And when you deliver at home or a birthing center, the delivering provider will be with you during active labor and the pushing stage because you're about to deliver, as Sierra will explain soon. So stay tuned. Now, let's talk about C-section rates. Data has actually shown us that over time, once modern fetal monitoring was developed, C-section rates actually increased. Now, you may be wondering, why is that? So basically, when we're monitoring the baby with our fetal Dopplers, we're more likely to see times when the baby is actually in distress, when they're having decelerations or any changes in the heartbeat. And in those cases, we're more likely to intervene because the baby actually looks like it's in distress. I actually published a research on this very topic a few years ago, and I actually noticed one even more startling fact, that Black women are actually more likely to undergo a C-section for fetal heart rate abnormalities. Just like Sierra said, a C-section is a major surgery, and of course it has its own risks. These are risks that we actually would rather avoid. So when our specialty noticed that there was a trend with increased C-section, there was actually clear guidelines that were created to help doctors and midwives decide on when it was appropriate to proceed with the C-section for fetal distress. In fact, a lot of hospitals actually have systems in place to incentivize providers to deliver their patients vaginally. I'm telling y'all, we get sad if our patients don't have a vaginal delivery. We would rather not have to do a C-section in the middle of the night. We want y'all to deliver vaginally if it is feasible. Okay. Enough of us. Let's get back to Cece. So who did you reach out to once you got settled? Yeah. So Lance's business partner, his wife actually um, had her second shot at the, at the birth center. And she was like, it was such a great experience. You should check it out. So now I have like this facility that I can look into. And, and it's, I didn't know much about it other than like the name. So I went to the website and I, and I checked it out. And she also recommended this birth class that we took. It was called the Fundamentals of Empowered Birth. Actually made me kind of be more urgent about the birth center. Like they don't just accept anybody. Cause I'm like, oh, I just pull up. Like, you know, like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> so she had me actually like the next day, like, I'm okay. Like I'm booking orientation. Did you share with your your family and your friends at that time that you were interested in delivering at a birth center? My parents and 
they're like, what? Birth center? Like, what's a birth center? What's a doula? What's a midwife? What all these all these terms that I'm they're like, what what is that? Um, okay, what about a doctor <laughs> though? Like, you know, like, so they're like, Yeah, I don't know about that. They weren't very excited about that. You know, I I told them that, you know, midwives are well trained. They're, you know, medically trained professionals. So it's not just like any old body that's just pulling up, you know, trained professionals. Hey, it's 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 my birth and I have to do what's best for me. I hear that. It's like post that on your wall. It's my birth. <laughs> I did what's best for me. As OBGYNs, Kamisha and I strongly believe that it's important that you feel heard and have a trusting relationship with whoever's taking care of you during your pregnancy and delivery. So in addition to OBGYNs, there are some other options available. So let's break it down. Number one, you can have OBGYNs just like me and Kamisha. So this is a doctor who can perform deliveries and does surgery, um, such as a C-section if needed or any other gynecological surgeries. We also provide prenatal and postnatal care. Then there are two types of midwives. The first one is called a certified nurse midwife. A certified nurse midwife can actually deliver your baby for a vaginal delivery, and they also do provide prenatal care and some routine health care outside of pregnancy, like a pap smear or an annual gynecological exam. There's a second type of midwife called a licensed midwife. They provide prenatal care and can do deliveries as well, but they don't provide, you know, that care outside of pregnancy, like pap smears and exams. Now, there are also people who don't perform deliveries, but are also involved in the birthing experience. This includes a registered nurse who might take care of you during your labor and a doula who provides emotional support and advocacy. I know this is a lot of information, y'all, but this is an important point. We're trying to help you craft your squad, and we want you to be informed. Let's get back to Cece. Did you talk to any friends? My friend's wife, who had a home birth, I talked to her, and I bombarded her with questions. So she was, like, super excited. Um, I think she was also one of the first people in her family to to have an out-of-hospital um, birth. And I was just, like, so inspired by her story. And told her I was pregnant, that I want to have a natural, unmedicated vaginal birth. And she sent me some books, um, some some natural birthing books. So she was a really great person to just kind of stay in contact with. Also, there were just like a lot of friends who were having babies around the same time. So that was great, too, just to have to lean on them. And we're all experiencing these different things that are going you know, on with our bodies at the same time. and that building that tribe. So of the resources that she referred to you, do you feel like one stood out more than the others? I think the best investment that we made was going to that class. Um, it was it was called the Fundamentals of Empowered Birth. Um, and, you know, there was people would, would write a wide range of goals. So I think the what did it for us was Letting us kind of know what to expect, but but it was more about being informed. And it just made me feel more empowered about making an informed decision. And um, we're able to ask questions that made me feel more confident in, you know, whatever happens or whatever decisions I make. I know that I've thought these things through and I 
yeah, ask the right questions and things like that. Because the birth, the birth center is very selective. They only for for I only know about Atlanta Birth Center, so this is you know specific to them. They only accept about like forty out of a hundred applicants. You have to be between the age range of sixteen to thirty six. Um, if it's your first birth, um, you can't have any chronic medical conditions, so high blood pressure, any bleeding disorders, uh, type one diabetes certain classes of obesity for your pre-pregnancy BMI. You have to have a single baby, so you can't have twins. Previous C-section, no previous preterm birth, and no previous pregnancy loss after 20 weeks. Pregnancy has to be pretty much like uncomplicated um, as you're, you know, seeing doctors regularly. So, and they also don't accept clients who are more than 30 weeks gestation. When I go to the birth center, the appointments last 20, 30 minutes. And the first, probably about 45 minutes, the first 20 to 30 is just us talking. For the first 20 to 30 minutes, they're just asking me about me, um, my relationships, my emotions, my nutrition, um, work, like, you know, just like what's going on with like you. Anytime they touch my body, my stomach, they ask for permission. Any type of procedure that was going on, they would explain it like, okay, I'm about to like touch your thigh. I'm about to enter your cervix or whatever. It was just very like transparent. When it got to like the facility, it it just was very, very warm. And so like I have a design background. So like I'm very attentive to detail. And so like the first thing I noticed was like the fluorescent lights were off. They had uh, these like, just like really cute lamps, you know, and like really comfortable, cozy chairs and seats in there. They uh, had really cute, you know, empowering, uh, beautiful pictures of motherhood around. So it's like when you, when you're in there, it's just like, it's just this vibe that just makes you feel like empowered and like happy to be there and welcome. And I was like, this is just like beautiful. And so it, I could just tell like the the place was designed with intention and it had like this mom first approach. And so that was, and then we got to tour like the birthing rooms. And so each one had like a huge shower. Uh, there was a tub in every room. If you want like a queen size bed, a bassinet, a mini fridge. It just felt like a hug. So many resources there. They had... um a social worker that they hook you up with uh, where you have like uh, a one-on-one with her. They put together like a care plan for you. Just like help you find solutions or resources to any problem that you have. And then they had little mini groups in between that. So like this black mama peer group. So, and they would have these seminars that we would meet up with. It was just like a very like holistic approach to it. And it would just like, mind-blowing you know a lot of people face some challenges or roadblocks do you feel like there was any specific ones you faced you know finding insurance that the birth center took I mean it ended up all working out I wouldn't say getting my family on board was a roadblock but it was definitely like it was just it was a discussion so you mentioned the big day do you want to tell us about it (laughs) I had this birth plan oh so I had a I had a doula unique doula experience it was like a tandem doula um so it's two doulas that I work with while I'm pregnant and then one would show up on site um and so they worked together yeah it was it was lovely 
So let me explain a little bit more about a doula. I was a doula. For two years prior to medical school, I was a doula and I have the utmost respect for them. Their role does not include delivering your baby, but what they can do is provide prenatal labor and postpartum support. This includes helping to create a birth plan, manage pain during delivery, and assist with breastfeeding and or lactation needs. So Kamisha, can you tell us some of the benefits of having a doula in labor? Data shows that there are some great benefits of having a doula. Women with doulas are less likely to have a C-section, less likely to require medication in labor, and more likely to rate their birth experiences positively. Thank you so much for that explanation. How lucky are we at the birth squad to have our very own OB slash doula slash everything goes extraordinaire. Yes, you know, I recognize you. All right, now let's get back to Sierra's story. They had a, a birth plan that they, they just kind of, you know, like, what's your vision? Kind of like, you know, close your eyes and imagine what kind of birth plan that you wanted. I remember doing that activity. It just really brought me to like tears <laughs> and just in visualizing like what it would be like. Um, and it was just very dope experience. And so, so I put together this one pager, like, okay, so my goals were, you know, I wanted to be calm, confident, and gentle. And so I also had like a picture of the room that I wanted. It was the fire room. I just said it had the earth room, the water room, and the fire room. And I wanted the fire room. I don't know. I just felt like connected and drawn to that room. Um, and so I had this picture. And I would just look at it every day. Like, I'm giving birth in this fire room. Like, this is my room. Now, Sierra is going to share her labor experience. Please be advised that this could be triggering for those who have experienced birth and labor. We recognize and understand the significance of birth trauma. I woke up one day around 8 a.m. There was something strange in the toilet. I took a picture of it and I sent it to my doula team. And they're like, okay, um, looks like there might be like a mucus plug or something. This is a good sign. Put on a pad. I'm so happy you told me to put that pad on. I just, it's just this gush that this, this pad is so like, um, I start contracting. Um, it's probably like, 8 30 20 to 30 minutes apart interesting because I like I couldn't stay off the toilet I was just like <laughs> like pooping never pooped this much ever and she's like okay these are all good things um then you won't have any come out when it's time to push right <laughs> so, <laughs> so so this is like around 2 p.m um and then around like 4 30 is when I went to the birth center and I knew they were going to send me home because I wasn't in active labor. So at the birth center, like, it's not it's not a labor center. It's a birth center. Like, you come come there, you give birth, um, and you get out. Um, but I just kind of wanted to, like, things were happening. And I was like, I need to just, just go get checked out. They confirmed that, like, my water had broke. Well, that's when they told me that they I was um, three centimeters dilated. And at that time my contractions were like four to five minutes apart. They're like, yeah, so you're not quite ready to be here yet. You know, I would just kind of maybe just go get something to eat. And so my mom knew that it was on a popping. So she's like blowing me up, like calling me. It's, I don't know how often for real, but it seemed like every 30 minutes, like 
hey, Sierra, how you doing? How you feeling? And I'm just like, mom, I feel the same. I'm in pain and I can barely walk. I really, really just need you to stop calling me. Out of love, I really just need to focus. You can say affirmation, but you really have to like feel it. End up going back home around midnight. So it was like the next day. This is actually what my doula suggested. Take some Benadryl, get some sleep. So took the Benadryl and, and went to sleep. <laughs> so she's like, a lot of people, um, you know, uh, kind of lean on to interventions, not because they necessarily like can't take it, but a lot of it is like from exhaustion. So like, she's like, get sleep. The contraction will wake you up, you know, when it's time. Uh, I woke up the next day. It was it was like 5.30 the next day. And I had contractions, but like I wasn't really feeling them. Um, and so I was talking to my mom and she's like, oh, you need to go to the birth center. Like, you need to go. Like, your water broke yesterday. So I called the birth center. They're like, oh, yeah, like, come in. So I get there probably like around 7.30. And they're like, okay, you're like four and a half centimeters dilated. So not much, but, you know, it's like moving a little bit contractions are like eight minutes apart and so they're like but you know we're gonna we're gonna let you stay here you're not active labor yet but we're gonna let you stay here just because like your water did break and it's you know we're approaching like a 24-hour mark you know but like you and baby are doing fine you know they check baby check me they're like okay you're progressing you're just like progressing really slow a couple hours later around noon I became like five to six centimeters dilated contraction was like 10 minutes apart so they're like, okay, you're progressing, but again, like it's like pretty slow. Um, and so I'm like talking to my doula. Maybe uh you all can try like uh the breast pump to like try like natural induction. Around like two o'clock, that's when we tried the breast pump and that did not move the needle. So there's like this cash oil smoothie. Um, so they put together this smoothie and it had like cash oil, apricot juice. I think almond butter, but it wasn't, it wasn't that tasty, but it wasn't that bad. It was just like a smoothie that I probably wouldn't make. Cause like that cash oil tastes nasty around seven 30. Oh, I'm starting to feel hot. It just shifted from there. I felt hot and I was like, Oh snap. I don't want to be touched no more. Got cracking after that. Um, <laughs> it turned up. Got hot in the fire yeah, room. Yeah, so I didn't get the fire room. So that was that was one thing. <laughs> when I was in the triage, they're like, okay, so what room do you want? I'm like, what the fire room? They're like, so the fire room's not available. Somebody's in it. <laughs> and this is probably so inconsiderate, but I'm like, um, are they are they gonna like gonna be out soon? Like, cause I can wait. Like, you know, like, like I have my heart <laughs> set on the fire room. Um, so I walked to the earth room and I was like, all right, I'll take the earth room. But then it's just like the vibe, it is just like, it don't feel right. And I was like, can I look at the water room again? Yeah, this feels better. So then like, so I'm in the water room. At this point, I get in this shower. I'm on my hands and my knees going through this pain. But this shower head, the shower water is like amazing. Then I moved to the pool. Um, but my contraction slowed down in the pool. At this point, when I hit eight centimeters, I'm just like, oh, like, you know, I feel like I, my back is just like, I just feel the contractions in my back. 
it was crazy. My doula is like massaging me. She just knew like, she knew all the spots make my body feel better. And the positions to put me in to like make the contractions come. Cause like I'm fighting the contractions because like, I don't want to feel them. They're like uncomfortable. Um, but I remember in one of my affirmations, like every contraction means that you're closer to your the baby. Um, she had me sit like backwards on the toilet and that, oh my God, like that really like brought them on for me. I'm back in the pool. The contractions start slowing down. So they're like, okay, you have, you have to get out the pool. It just, I remember getting out of the pool. I just, I just like, also like I want to have water birth. So I'm like, okay, this is not happening. Right. But also I remember this lady and she told me like, you know, it's definitely important to have a birth plan, but like, don't be wedded to it you know be open she's like I wanted a water birth for all my children and I tried it and none of my children were born in water and it's like it's okay and so I moved on to the bed and then I kind of like start pushing and then it's just put I'm just pushing at this point uh but then I immediately I felt like the bed is not this is not happening in this bed this is not it doesn't feel right and so I just like got off the bed and tried like squatting and like on all fours and start pushing around like 90 for like 90 minutes yeah 12 37 a.m little little lux came out he finally came out (laughs) when you think back on your your experience and your journey like how do you feel about like your experience and your outcome the next day like i feel empowered i feel like superwoman I feel like couldn't nobody tell me nothing. Like I did that. I, it was also too just the way that like Lance looked at me afterwards. That was just so like he was just like amazed and all that stuff together just made me feel like really super. I just had new found respect for just mothers, my mother, spiritual awakening. It was very powerful. So then what advice would you give to other people? I would say first, everyone should just think about like whatever aligns with your values, your birth plan and your medical history. So you have to be very like low risk for a birth center. Um, so, So it's not for everyone. So yeah, so medical history is super, super important. So yeah, I would say, whatever aligns with uh yeah your your values medical history and your birth plan is there any other advice you would give anybody else two uh affirmations come to mind one is um that i that i repeated like i know i can have this baby naturally i believe i can and so i will it was just a reminder for me that what you can have what you want Another affirmation that comes to mind is uh, that pregnancy is not a medical condition. It is a beautiful and completely ordinary part of life. Those really connected with me and my thought process around the birthing experience. Our bodies are meant, you know, to do this. And of course, like, you know, things happen, things can, you know, go outside of your plan. And, you know, sometimes medical assistance, you know, may be required um but just know that you know our bodies were built for this that's beautiful thank you so much sierra 
we we really appreciate you taking the time to share not even just your experience but your wisdom with us because um not everybody does what you did and seeks out that information not everybody has the ability or the resources to empower themselves so just sharing your experience is really really meaningful and we we really thank you no problem no problem it was good you know talk about this and yeah just like share this experience i know i don't know a lot of people who went through this process that's what helped me feeling supported and loved it was super important so very thankful for my birth squad well y'all thank you for listening to the birth squad we're going to continue sharing stories from more badass birth warriors because at the end of the day you are the experts. Remember as you navigate your healthcare journey that you are beautiful, you are brilliant, and you are brave. We at The Birth Squad would love to hear more from you. Tell us what topics you'd want to hear more about. Hit us up on Instagram at The Birth Squad and on Twitter at underscore The Birth Squad. Most important, make sure to share this episode with your squad. Until next time, I'm Dr. Ijama Okwandu. And I'm Dr. Kamisha Thomas. Peace, love, and solidarity from the Verse Squad. Check out the links in the comment section for more information about the resources and ways to naturally induce labor, as well as the terms and concepts that were mentioned in the episode.